Good morning, everybody. Good morning, folks. Today is Monday, January 16th. Welcome to episode number 282 of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Brief. And I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Dozier. And over the next 45 minutes, me, you, Randolph Gaiman, and the rest of the chat are going to be diving deep into the top cybersecurity news stories of the day. And I'll be giving you my thoughts, opinions, and analysis on each of those stories on what it means to you as a practitioner or how you might operationalize that uh, and, or how, and how you might operationalize that at work today, this week, um, or just at the macro level. Or if you're looking to break in the industry, there's gonna be a lot of value here for you um, for context, terminology, those type of things. But before we dig into the shows, I'd love to give a shout out and some love to the stream sponsors, start with my good friend Eric Taylor over at Barricade Cyber Solutions. Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks. Randock Gaming. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. Thanks so much for the stream support, Randock. Genuinely appreciate that. Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking businesses owners into turmoil tummy troubles <laughs> bring the pepto but barricade cyber solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents check them out at barricadecyber.com links in the description below you can see this is the um this is the uh website eric taylor's uh, barricade cyber solutions here's eric's actual calendar you could hop on the schedule with him today at 11 30 a.m for example and have a meeting just kind of it doesn't even have to have you don't even have to have work for them right now you could just say hey like here's my business here's my you know here's how can you help my business oh like well let's get this uh let's understand what your business looks like and then if you do get hit in the mouth with ransomware or some other nasty business of cyber attacks you can just call me here's my cell let's rock and roll all right that's how it works also also want to throw some love to the stream sponsors recon infosec Recon InfoSec's not sleeping on a Martin Luther King day. If you're in need of service that provides your organization with 24-7 managed detection and response, or MDR, you may have heard it referred to, strongly consider Recon InfoSec. Their transparent MDR offering includes the people, process, and technology needed to deliver full-spectrum security operations to orgs of any size. Guys, you if you're going to do MDR, which is a great, great service, I'm, I'm telling you right now, MDR is a wicked awesome option in our current, like, so, you know, I, I don't want to call it society, but like ecosystem of like protecting organizations while being uh, mindful of budget. MDR is wicked awesome, okay? But you do need people processing tech. You can't, some businesses, they just throw tech at it and it's like, no, like someone's got to manage this. Someone's got to review the alerts and stuff like that. What are we doing here? Uh, Recon InfoSec provides direct access to the actual team doing your work. So the analysts, engineers, and architects, it's basically an extension of your office. They use uh, SIM and SOAR. Uh, they have this platform they built in-house called Artemis. It's pretty dope. So the thing is, they're a legit company. The one thing that you should take away is Recon InfoSec does MDR. They do it well. They And a key difference that you may not know if you're not in the industry is they are a security company run by security people. Uh, some other commodity MDR providers are businesses, right? With security people. So they're security companies run by business people. Recon InfoSec, security business run by security people. Give it a shot. ReconInfoSec.com, links in the description below. I want to remind you, each episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing is potentially worth half a CPE. I have checked this out. Uh, say what's up in chat to document you're here. Uh, I have checked this out against ISACA's and ISC Squared's policies and felt um, strong that I could make the good argument according to their policies that Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing does in fact um, comply with what CPEs are. Somebody uh, in the comments uh, sent me um, a link to ISACA's like, frequently asked questions thing and they do say that podcasts self- Self-consumed uh, podcasts don't count. So like if you listen to an episode of Darknet Diaries on your own. But again, I'm still digging into the details here. I think what we're doing here is more of a webinar. It's instructor-led. 
Um, I may have to start, like, I don't want to do this, but I may have to start putting together, like, some type of, like, like registration or something like that. Like, I don't know how to do it yet. I'm still looking into it. But you, you would effectively put in your email, and then at the end of each episode, I would email you uh, a certificate for half a CPE. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to help people out here. I'm just trying to do a good thing. Uh, and not overcomplicate it, but just stay tuned on that. If you do claim CPEs, make sure that you uh, review the policies uh, and make sure that you're complying with those. If you're live, love it. Thanks so much for being here. I'm a crypto. If evangelist. you're live, I love, I love it, it. I love it. I love it. it. I love it. Thank you so much, guys. If you're on replay, hashtag Team Replay in chat. Thanks so much for catching the stream on a time that works for you. And just a final reminder before we dig in that whether you're live or replay, if you prefer to consume uh, this content on your own, um, we do make it available on your podcast app of choice. So this is Apple Podcast, but we can also do it on Spotify and a bunch of other ones you can see here. Here's Friday's episode, Thursday's episode. Shout out to Base Case for helping me manage this. Guys, at the end of the, hopefully you realize at this point, I'm, I'm into getting this information to you. I'm, I'm less concerned about <laughs> running it like a business. Mm, that coffee's good. FYI, I ran a half marathon on Saturday. This is the race jersey. My legs hurt. My energy level's low. Yesterday, I was just a pile <laughs> on the couch. Family movie night. It was good times, but uh, I'm tired. Let's sit back, relax, and uh, why don't we just get into the stories, and, uh, and then I'll catch you guys on the flip side as we do... Uh, Jawjacking. Reminder, it is Callan's Art Week, uh, Art of the Day. Mondays are Callan's Art of the Day, so we are going to be getting into that on the mid-roll. But right now, sit back, relax. Uh, Shane Himes, how did I do? I did all right. Um, one hour, 48 minutes, 8.16 pace. I came in 352nd out of 2,600 people. All right, let's chill. Let's get into it. What's that? Okay, it is Callan's art, <laughs> Callan's day of the week. Art, Callan is off camera right now, and he wants me to let all of you know that he said hi. Good? Okay. Let's go and get in the news, y'all. From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity headlines. It's Monday, January 16th, 2023. Norton LifeLock warns that hackers breached password manager accounts. Gen Digital, formerly Semantic Corporation and Norton LifeLock, is sending data breach notifications to customers informing them that hackers have successfully breached Norton password manager accounts in credential stuffing attacks. According to a letter sample shared with the Office of the Vermont Attorney General, the attacks did not result from a breach on the company but from account compromise on other platforms. The notice explains that around December 1st, an attacker used username and password pairs that they had bought from the dark web to attempt to log in to Norton customer accounts. For customers utilizing the Norton password manager feature, the notice warns that the attackers might have obtained details stored in the private vaults. Hack. Uh, all right. So this is, uh, there's a bunch going on here. First of all, um, <laughs> So first of all, if you're using username and password only, if you're doing that, then you can't reuse passwords, right? Educate your end users, guys. You can't freaking reuse passwords. They get compromised and people do exactly this. Second of all, if you're a security company, you should, like I, I if you're a security company, you should require your customers to enable multi-factor authentication. Like, what are we doing here? Which they did not do here because people were able to basically, um, what do they call it? A stuffing attack, credential stuffing attack um, to log into a bunch of user accounts. Now, I will give Norton a little bit of love that they did detect it. They did shut it down. They did notify um, customers that their their accounts could have been compromised. They do say that Norton's system was not breached, but... Um, you know, basically an unauthorized third party. Uh, well, that's not it. Uh, the attack did not result on their uh, company being attacked, but other platforms. So essentially, like, whatever. Like, let's say it was, um, 
you remember that uh, story last week or two weeks ago about like people who love the 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 game cricket? You know, like uh, in India, it's like it looks like it's kind of like I don't know baseball ish. That game cricket. Well, they had a website account. Uh, they had a social media site that got breached the other day, and username and passwords got lifted from that. So if you use the same username and password on both those sites, like that, that's how they would have gotten into this. Now I find it interesting that the threat actor targeted Norton LifeLock to log in. Um, oh no, it's Norton Password Manager. Okay, so I guess some like password vault, dude. Oh my god, that's even worse. If you are if you're using a password vault, which basically is a, like one source to hold all your passwords, you absolutely should have a unique password for your password vault, and you absolutely should have MFA on your vault. That's that's shameful. Where, you are so dumb. Seriously, dude, come on. Like, so there there isn't much of a story here except to point out that. Uh, password reuse is terrible. Not using multi-factor authentication on sensitive systems and applications is terrible. And um, yeah, see credential stuffing attacks right here is what they're talking about. And just a, a freebie for people who are new to the industry or not familiar with it. Credential stuffing attacks is a pretty common attack right now. And it's basically where you just get a bunch of username and passwords and you try to log in with all of them. Instead of trying like a brute force attack, which is like, Carrie's email address, and then you're trying to iterate over like different passwords Carrie might use. Um, you wouldn't do that because most systems would lock out Carrie's account after like five invalid attempts in a short period of time. So threat actors have kind of pivoted away from that because it's kind of stupid, right? Like you instantly shoot your foot. Um, so they do this credential stuffing attack, which does work. Um, anyways, I've never liked Norton personally, so this isn't slander, but. I, I've always found their products to be bloated, not useful. Um, you know, LifeLock itself was a joke back in the day. Um, they were supposed to protect your identity. CEO of the company got his identity stolen like 15 times in a row. <laughs> in a, row. a bunch of clowns. To me, Norton's a perfect example of a company that's run by business people, like, like just squeezing the value out of it. Steals credit card information from Canada's largest alcohol retailer. The Liquor Control Board of Ontario, LCBO, Canada's largest beverage alcohol retailer, has disclosed a mage card attack that occurred on January 10th. According to their statement, customers who made payments through the LCBO website between January 5th and 10th may have had their information compromised, including names, email and mailing addresses, air travel loyalty card numbers, LCBO.com account passwords and credit card information. The company pointed out that the security breach did not impact users who placed orders through the retailer's mobile app or their specialty vintagesshoponline.com website. <coughs> Severe security flaw. Whoops, hit the wrong button. <laughs> My body doesn't exactly work right now perfectly. Um, okay, so guys, basically, this is actually not a um, uncommon attack, but it is it is uh, worth worth discussing for a minute. So basically, this website, the Canadian Liquor Control Board of Ontario, which where, wherever my Canadian people are, um, is this how you, the largest beverage alcohol retailer in the country, like, do you, like, Canadian people, do you buy liquor off, off the internet? Like, is that how it works? Is that how Canada controls liquor sales? You have to go to like, you know, like a boozy version of Amazon and buy your, buy your, Hooch? Is that how it works? Um, anyways, it could have been it could have been um, you know CanadianBooze.com. It could have been Amazon.com. It could have been SimplyCybersMerchStore.com. It doesn't matter. Mage card attacks are fairly common. Um, you may actually, if you're going to interview for like a company that has a retail um, presence, like an online uh, retail a transaction type thing. You may want to uh, familiarize yourself with Magecart simply because Magecart is like the preeminent uh dominant kind of credit card stealing attack or group out there. Essentially they they got control of the website and instead of defacing it by drawing a pecker picture on it or you know using it to uh worm deeper into the organization, they just install 
JavaScript uh, scripts on the website that does malicious stuff to users who come there and unbeknownst to the users. So I'm going to my canadianbooze.com. I buy my Wicked Rare uh, Pliny the Elder six pack and I get it delivered to my house and then I drink it with my buddies and I'm like, yes, high fives all around. All, all unbeknownst that my credit card got stolen. So MageCard isn't trying to disrupt operations. They're just like basically piggybacking on you uh, and stealing your stuff. So um, they've obviously they discovered it and they said that uh, if you if you bought between these five days, so the 5th of January through the 10th of January, you probably had your um, your, your, your information that you typed into the website compromised, which would include credit card information and account passwords, right? So think of a key logger, essentially, um, real-time key logging on the website. So all of your passwords are burned that you use there. All your credit cards are burned. You have to get those canceled and get new ones. It totally sucks. And you're probably um, at risk of being fished. Although the MageCart group is more interested with credit card theft and less, as far as I know, less about phishing and, and uh, scamming and stuff like that. So, although it's not unlikely that they bundle that information up and sell it on the dark web for pennies on the dollar, since just because it's like an asset they have and there's no reason to, not to monetize it. Found in JSON Web Token Library. A high severity security flaw has been disclosed in the open source JSON Web Token JWT library that, if successfully exploited, could lead to remote code execution on a target server. Palo Alto Network's Unit 42 researcher Arthur Oriash confirmed that remote code execution could happen on a server verifying a maliciously crafted JSON web token request. Tracked as CVE 2022-23529 with a CVSS score of 7.6, the issue impacts all versions of the library including and below 8.5.1 and has been addressed in version 9.0.0 shipped on December 21st. The flaw was reported by the cybersecurity company on July 13th of last year. Okay, so um, very interesting. <clears throat> this, this again, kind of uh, crops up the concern around using open source software, baking it into your products, supply chain, uh, third-party risk, like whatever you want to call it. This, this has to do with this. <clears throat> okay, so check it out. J JSON Web Token Library, right? Um, which is used, uh, I'm assuming it's um, Python, if I had to guess. Um, this library is vulnerable to a pretty serious pro uh, um, uh, exploitation, which can lead to remote code execution, which is pretty bad. The Like the worst is unauthenticated remote code execution. That's the worst. So this isn't great. Let's see what they they gave it a CVSS score of seven point six, which is which is high. Oh, now it's got a nine point eight. So NIST NIST National Vulnerability Database gave it a nine point eight, which is more likely. I was actually kind of confused why it was so low, seven six. Um, so it just goes to show you, like, I, I'm guessing GitHub, since it since it's a flaw in a, a library code library that's hosted on github i guess github gave it its own score based on um there's a formula for calculating the cvss score and you can look at these two and you can see where they disagreed so do 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 um the privileges required they say low here and they say no privileges are required they also say the availability attack would be high. And they say the availability attack would be low. So GitHub has downplayed this um, as far as the severity goes. But to me, this is pretty gnarly, right? If someone can execute uh, a remote code execution on your box, that's not good. Long story short, if you are using, um, obviously, if you're using JSON Web Token, fix that. Um, it sounds like all you have to do is, um, it's been fixed, so just import the updated library, make sure that you're keeping your libraries current. If you work in an environment that has R&D, that has software developers, make them aware of this, share this with them. Um, 
Yeah. And just be mindful like this, this, you know, it's JSON web token today. It could be anything tomorrow. Um, JSON web token is uh, written and maintained by Okta. That's pretty cool. Oh, it's a JavaScript module. I said Python, but yeah, 10 million weekly downloads. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, well, here, I'm always helping defenders out. If you're an attacker, if you're a red team operator, if you're a pen, pen tester, um, be mindful that this this is out here and you might be able to take advantage of it because people do uh, operate, people do fix their uh, embedded libraries slowly. Um, so you could exploit this uh, in the window that it uh, that it's still available to attack and uh, get those jewels and win that client engagement. All right, I'm tired, guys. Um, researcher gave it a seven six exactly. All right, let's keep going. Actai servers under attack as majority fail to patch critical vulnerability. A majority of internet-exposed cacti servers has not been patched against a recently patched critical security vulnerability that has come under active exploitation in the wild. This is according to attack surface management platform Census, which found only 26 out of a total of 6,427 servers to be running a patched version of cacti. The issue in question relates to CVE 2022-46169 with a CVSS score of 9.8, a combination of authentication bypass and command injection that enables an unauthenticated user to execute arbitrary code on an affected version of the open source web-based monitoring solution. All right. Uh, yeah, BSEC, I am tired. <laughs> Hopefully it's not coming through in the stream as uh, just like a exhausted guy. Um. So I literally just told you guys, the worst is unauthenticated remote code execution, which is what this cacti vulnerability is. That's why it's a 9.8. Um, this was reported like a couple like months ago. If you're running cacti, which I think is a web server, if I'm not, ex if I'm not mistaken, um, and you can find these things super easy by using Shodan and finding the fingerprint. Um, Looks like, I mean, it's this screenshot actually is a screenshot of someone exploiting the vulnerability to get, looks like a reverse shell uh, on the box. So, or maybe not a reverse shell, maybe just a shell. Anyways, that's actually getting it. If you're running Cacti, you absolutely need to fix this. The fact that, by the way, so the fact that this says 9.8, but... This screenshot is clearly showing that there is proof of concept exploitation out there. Probably, um, th like the Cacti servers under attack. This means there's active exploitation going on. Tools are out there for threat actors to to uh, blow up your Cacti servers. So, in all honesty, this 9.8 actually should be a 10. The, once it becomes actively exploited and there's and people are like banging on these things, it bumps up to a 10, which means the worst, which means you need to um, get it fixed right away. So Cacti is a Linux-based and for server monitoring. Thank you very much, BSEC. So yeah, open source web-based monitoring solution. So it gives you a pretty pane of glass, I guess, right? Single pane of glass. Long story short, guys, like... If you're running Cacti, fix it. And and by the way, can I just point out to like, and this is no disrespect to Carl. It's a Linux-based system for monitoring other solutions. That means it's an IT system, which means IT people should be running it, not end users. Which mean and IT people know better. IT people know that they should keep their crap. Uh, up to date and fixed, right? Especially something like this that is being punched in the mouth right now. So let's let's get that fixed, everybody. And now a word from our sponsor, Serbi. Did you know that over 60% of the cloud applications used by your company don't support identity standards like single sign-on? And that these applications are the leading cause of breaches? Serbi can help. Serbi discovers new applications, eliminates manual security tasks like offboarding, and addresses misconfigurations like disabled 2FA while increasing employee productivity. Wait, a security tool that increases productivity? Yep. You can learn more at serbi.com. That's C E R B Y.com. <laughs>
Patch your wife, patch your kids. <laughs> All right, it's the mid-roll. Let's do it. Have a sip of coffee, y'all. Good morning to you. All right. want to say thank you to all of you for being here today. I know the energy's low, but I'm trying to bring it. It is a holiday here in the United States, but no days off for Jerry. If you're getting educational value out of this stream, if you're getting entertainment value out of this stream, heck, if you're getting education and entertainment value out of this stream, the best way to help me out is to hit that like button. Just take two seconds, hit it. It A, tells me that you're enjoying the content that I'm producing, but it also will tell YouTube that, hey, cybersecurity people like, you know, like this show. I should go show this to other cybersecurity people who do not know about it and get them in the fold. That's what I'm all about. And that's what that's what we're doing. So take a second, hit the like button. Thank you so much to Barricade Cyber Solutions. Thank you so much to Recon InfoSec for their continued support of the show. Thank you, uh, Michael Starnes. I, uh, one hour, 48 minutes. Uh, Jess Bishop, I love the community too. Thank you so much. Guys, if you want, there's still time. Go to simplycyber.io slash newsletter right now to sign up and get the newsletter every single Monday with an asterisk. Every single Monday, I send out an email that has three actionable tasks that you can use right away for your end users, your peers, and your executives to deliver instant cyber risk reduction. It's awesome. If you don't like it, you can unsubscribe. I don't even, honestly, I don't even check the numbers. I, I, there's a couple thousand people on that newsletter right now, but I'm not, I do it as a community service. So if you want it, get on there, simplycyber.io slash newsletter. I put an asterisk next to it because uh, you did not get your letter today because I haven't done it because I'm exhausted. Um, and right after the stream today, I'm going to write it and it will be in your inbox tomorrow uh, at 6 a.m. I figured because it was a holiday, I could get away with it and it would be justifiable. Guys, I also want to remind everybody that I've started uh, partnering with IT Pro TV. They're, they're called IT Pro now by ACI Learning, but we all know it as IT Pro TV. Uh, there's a pinned comment right now. You can get 30% off at IT Pro TV. I'm, I'm taking um, their IoT penetration testing course right now. I really like the content that they put out there. Uh, I'm already friends with Daniel Lowry, uh, one of the edutainers over there, and it's his course, and I'm really getting a lot of value out of it. So if you're interested, go check it out. Get the 30%. You can see Simply Cyber. Um, they, they even have our own landing page. Oh my God, let me take a sip of coffee. We'll do the jaw jacking at the end of the stream. Mm. So good, so good. All right, guys. Let's wait, let's do the la 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 la's one second. Oh my God. Ugh. Hope you're all having a wonderful day. Hopefully, if you're having to work, I hope it's a slow day. If you got the day off, I hope you enjoy the three-day weekend. Let's get those likes up. That's right. Take a second while you're waiting for the la-la-la-las. Get that coffee. Here we go. La-la-la-la. La-la-la-la. All right, guys. Let's get back into the news. Well... <laughs> We'll limp over the finish line. Cisco warns of two vulnerabilities affecting end-of-life routers. Cisco warned customers last week that it will not release software updates or workarounds to address two vulnerabilities affecting a line of routers that were last sold in 2020. Cisco small business router models RV016, 42, 42G, and 82 are affected by two vulnerabilities known as CVE-2023, 20025, and 20026, rated 9 and 6, respectively. The bugs allow a remote attacker to bypass authentication or execute arbitrary commands on the underlying operating system of an affected device. Cisco added that the vulnerabilities are not dependent on one another. Twitter's laid-off workers... All right. Um, so a couple, couple things here. One, as I said, like, dude, this is like the story of the, I mean, this has been the theme of the day 
remote code execution, unauthenticated, unauthenticated remote code execution. This, 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 um, this font that I've highlighted right here, bypass authentication or execute arbitrary commands. That that's the worst. That is the worst. Um, vulner like that. That's the biggest impact you can get, right? So th these are serious vulnerabilities. <clears throat> if you're a small business, or if you're an MSP supporting small businesses, and you're running Cisco RV zero one six zero four two zero four two G or zero eight two, you are vulnerable. These routers are not supported anymore by Cisco. They haven't been since twenty twenty. Here's the reality. Um, small businesses, even large businesses, frankly, but small businesses are <clears throat> paying really close attention to uh, financial investments, tech refreshes. Hey, just make it work. Hey, like, you know, we move fast and loose here. No big deal. But you need to do tech refreshes because the reality is crap like this happens. If you are in a business that's doing this and you need investment dollars, you should bring this story to your management and say, hey, I know we've been around here for the last couple of years, but now it's real. This could get exploited and really ruin our day. So instead of like, I guess I'm kind of salty right now. This is not how you would make a compelling argument to management, but basically be like, listen, do you want to spend... Like these are probably a few thousand dollars. Um, if you go them through a um, like a VAR, uh, hold on, Cisco small business router CDW, right? Let's just check. I'm kind of curious. I'm just kind of curious. Like what what are we talking about here? Um, there's a Cisco. Eleven hundred bucks, okay, Th or thirteen thousand. I mean, it's not cheap. 2800 so you can see the prices are all over the map but you might be able to get in there for say $3000 right let's just say $3000 okay you could be like listen guys if we get exploited i guarantee you it's going to cost us more than $3000 it's going to cost more than $3000 so what are we doing here are we serious about this business or are we jerking around Give me the three, give me the card, give me the credit card. Just give me the credit card. I'm going to buy the routers. That's what we need to do here. And then decommit, like don't also mind you, don't forget to decommission these routers that you're operating in your environment. That's another, that's an important thing to take away too. One, it's one thing to put in new tech and refresh your tech, whether it's a router, an application, uh, 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 an IOT camera, I don't care what it is. You need to do system lifecycle, which includes taking the system offline, decommissioning it, putting it in a dumpster. I don't care, but leaving it online, get, leaving it with an IP address, walking away from it. That's not a cool. That's not cool. You can't do that. It's still attack surface, right? You should be, you like as a practitioner, you should be giddy at the opportunity to decommission a piece of tech, especially if it's an end of life piece of tech. Like I get up, I get up in the morning to decommission some tech, man. Think about it. It's like the easiest way to reduce attack surface. Just make sure when you're decommissioning it that you, you have to make sure that there's no entanglements, right? Like is somebody, is somebody, is somebody depending on this piece of tech for critical operations? I mean, you have to do the work. You can't just, <laughs> As fun as it would be to just walk into the server closet and um, um, like kick, like just just like kick the router out of the out of the uh, rack uh, and feel good about it. That's not um, that's not how it works. So you got to do your due diligence and make sure that it's not critical. But decommissioning stuff would be cool. Cannot pursue claims via class action lawsuit. Twitter has secured a ruling that will force several laid-off workers who are suing over their termination to pursue their claims via individual arbitration rather than a class-action lawsuit. U.S. District Judge James Donato on Friday ruled against five former Twitter employees who are accusing the company of failing to give adequate notice before laying them off after its acquisition by Elon Musk. Europol takes down call center... Wait, hold on, what? 
Twitter has secured a ruling allowing the social media company to force several laid off workers suing to pursue their claims via individual instead of a class action lawsuit. Oh my gosh. So you guys know how I feel about class action lawsuits. This definitely seems like a, um, this definitely seems like a big tech company throwing their money around in order to um, frustrate individuals. So a bunch of, like, as we all know, like half of Twitter's workforce got laid off. It looks like they were trying to band together for a class action lawsuit to sue, saying that Twitter didn't give them adequate notification to fire them. Um, and now they're not able to do a class action lawsuit. They have to seek individual arbitration, which obviously is going to cost a lot more money, be a lot more painful. I'm sure the lawyers aren't happy about it since the lawyers are the ones who are all about class action lawsuits. Cash, homie. That's right, Randy. Um, so apparently agreements that they had signed with the company said that they would not do class action lawsuit. That's another thing, dude. Guys, if you ever get fired or, or laid off, this is a pro tip, okay? And this is my... Do your own research, but this is what I would say. If you get laid off, okay, the company is going to ask you to sign paperwork when you're being laid off, right? Don't sign it, <laughs> okay? And if they tell you that you won't get paid until you sign the paperwork, that's not, that's not legal either, right? Like you've earned the money. It's your money. Um, at worst, you can say, oh yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm happy to sign this. I just need my lawyer to review it first, right? Like, what are they going to say? No, like, no, you can't. Like, you're not leaving this room until you sign this paperwork. Like, even more sus. But typically when, when they make you sign that paperwork, you're, you're kind of caught off guard. You're emotionally um, distracted. And it's typically get, like taking away all your rights, basically. Um, so be mindful of that if you do end up getting laid off, which I hope you don't. But right now we're in a tough spot. Um, so anyways, let's go on to the next story. ...that scam people out of 2 million euros. International police have arrested... Yeah, they do make you sign a severance package. Uh, they'll make you sign. But still, like, I feel like y there shouldn't be a... Um, like, it's now or never. Like, you, you, you should be able to say, like, hey, I'd like, I'd like to review this or whatever. They're, they're going to try to jam you through it, but... Scammers selling fake cryptocurrency in Europe, Australia, and Canada, Europol announced on Thursday. Through a cross-border investigation launched in June, police arrested 14 suspects in Serbia and one in Germany. More than 260 other suspects, including people in Bulgaria and Cyprus, have been questioned and some are awaiting prosecution. The criminal network consisted of a number of groups operating from at least four call centers in Bulgaria, Cyprus and Serbia. Police searched these locations and seized three digital wallets with about $1 million in cryptocurrencies, also 50,000 euros in cash, three cars, computers, and some documents. The victims, mainly from Germany, lost over 2 million euros in an online investment campaign similar to a Ponzi scam. All right, here we go. I'm a crypto evangelist. I love it, love it, love it. All right, so a couple things here to celebrate. One, Europol with the W taking down uh, scammers. I love it. I love it. I hate scammers. Scammers suck. Second of all, I know a lot of the scam bait uh, YouTube channels that are quite popular, they typically fo feature Indian uh, call center scam centers or whatever. Um, I just like, and, and yeah, there's a ton of scammers coming out of India, but I want to point out that this was, uh, Serbia and Germany. Okay. So, you know, Europe isn't like above it, right? The scammers are everywhere, man. Criminals will, they're, they're from every walk of life. Okay. Next thing I want to talk about is pig butchering. Okay. So good on Europol for taking the scam call center down. This is just going to slow down, not stop, scammers. The technique that they're talking about is called pig butchering. Now, Leslie Carhart on Mastodon, and she's, she's um, a really well-known uh, security practitioner. Her, she goes by the handle Hacks for Pancakes. Uh, she's over at Dragos. Um, she actually linked to this um, article that I read. Let me see if I can... I'm going to link this in the chat below. 
If you don't know what pig butchering is, I'm going to explain it right now, but it is worth going a little deeper and reading this particular Wired article. Thanks again to Hacks for Pancakes for sharing it. Here's the deal. Pig butchering is essentially a social engineering attack where you scam someone into giving you money. Now, that may sound like a classic scam, but what makes this a little different is um, the threat actor will like basically give you money, right? Um, to, to, to entice you, to make you think that you're uh, actually involved in like a successful financial enterprise. And then they, and then once you like go YOLO with your money, they steal it. Okay. Literally. And I cannot believe it. Like you're so dumb. I cannot believe that this scam works guys. If you have gotten a message on your phone, right. That says, uh, here, I'll just, I'll just, I'm just going to read like the last one I get. Cause I get them all the time. I'm sure you do too. Get out of here with this. Ready? Let me see. I always, I kind of delete them. Um, typically. Okay. Are you Linda? Question mark. I'm Amy. How are you? When are you going back to New York? If you get these ridiculous, unsolicited, stupid, stupid text messages like, hey, Bob, are we going golfing Tuesday? Let me know. Or the profile picture will be some very attractive woman. Hey, I, I, left my, I left my phone. I lost my phone and I don't remember my contacts. Is this Kimberly's phone number? Right? That's how the pig butchering scams start. Now, guys. I have no idea how this this works, but like, listen, for this one right here, where's my Linda? Are you Linda? I'm Amy. How are you? Now, uh, uh, someone who doesn't know any better, or Carl, Carl, might respond, hey, this isn't Linda. Wrong number. Who dis? The threat, the scammer at that point will respond with, oh, I'm sorry. I thought this was Linda's phone. I'm Amy. Who are you? Oh, this is, oh, this is so silly. Who are you? Oh, hi, Jerry. Like, it's nice to meet you. Sorry, I, I made a mistake. I was, I was, I was waiting. I couldn't wait to tell Linda about this unbelievable financial opportunity that I discovered. Great cash, homie. Here's a link to it. Go check it out. Seriously, we're making so much money. Okay, and this is where it becomes pig butchering because once I go to that site and I'm like, oh, this is kind of interesting. And I put in say a hundred bucks, right? No, no, no real risk to me. I mean, I, I, could, I could lose a hundred dollars and, and not, you know, like be devastated. But I put the hundred dollars in and then Linda messages me and is like, oh my God, I saw that you put a hundred dollars in. I can't believe you made 10X on that. Look at your account, there's a thousand dollars. And then I go into the account and I take out $500 and then I got $500 in my hand. And I'm like, this is straight cash, homie. This is real. Holy crap. And then I get greedy, right? If I put in a hundred and I get a thousand, what if I put in 50,000? What if I take a, a home equity line of credit out on my house? What if I cash in my 401k? This is a deal of a lifetime. I'd be a fool not to take advantage of it. And then you know what Linda does? Linda's actually named Bob. And Bob takes all our money because the platform we've been playing in is a complete farce. The money they sent us is literally some other victim's money that they're just handing to us to get us to believe the scam is real. And then they straight slap us in the mouth. We lose our money and we're a victim. So yeah, for Europol to take these guys down, hell yeah. Suck it, scammers. Last week in ransomware. Lockbit definitely took center stage in the ransomware news last week with their attack on the UK's Royal Mail Service, which is considered a critical infrastructure in the country. The ransomware attack encrypted the computers used to print customs dockets required for international shipping. In other news, Vice Society claimed responsibility for the ransomware operation that attacked Fire Rescue Victoria in Australia. 
The Cuba ransomware operation has been exploiting the Microsoft Exchange OASSRF, that's O-W-A-S-S-R-F, flaw, and as a result, CISA now requires federal agencies to patch this flaw by the end of January due to its active exploitation by both the Cuba and Play ransomware operations. Just a- All right, so... <clears throat> Oh God! If you're running Microsoft Exchange on-prem, why? I'm I'm sure there's good reasons, but you should be you should be working towards getting off of that. Okay, just a pro tip. Um, yeah, I mean, guys, ransomware is ransomware, right? Like it, it's so often, it's so frequent that now there's like weekly roll-ups. So Royal Mail got hit last week, so your packages aren't being delivered as fast. Vice Society, Vice Society, which claimed to be a, um, you know, focused on education sector, famously took out Los Angeles County schools. I think they attacked a couple uh, colleges. They are they also attacked the fire rescue in Australia, which would be like the nine one one for fire and paramedics. There isn't much meat. I mean, this is uh, there's nothing to say here. Okay, like. It, it is what it is. Lockbit continues to be number one, and it's because it's ransomware as a service. If you're, if you're interviewing for work, you, you should definitely be familiar with ransomware as a service, as a concept. It's the most modern take on ransomware. So if you know about it and you can kind of explain it, um, it, would, it would indicate to the person interviewing you that you are current on, on InfoSec. And uh, it could it could help differentiate you as the uh, as the candidate that they roll with. All right, guys, let me uh, do that. If you were here just for the news, this is where we get off the bus. I'd love to thank all of you for being here today. 157 of you beautiful people. 161 of you actually. Not bad for a holiday. Uh, I want to remind everybody. This this guy right here is Ian Garrett. He's going to be my guest Thursday on Simply Cyber Live. I met Ian at Wild West Hackenfest. Just sat next to him at a lunch, and uh, we, we struck up a conversation. Very smart guy. He is the CEO and founder of a company called Phalanx, and it's his second or third tech startup. And he said, guy, he said, Jerry, like, I know, like, I've gone through this multiple times. I, he's like, he's young too. He's like, I've gone through this multiple times. Anyone can have a startup. It doesn't need to be intimidating. It doesn't need to be like, oh, I've got to have, you know, lots of money, lots of degrees, whatever. He's like, anybody can go from zero to startup in 90 days. And he's going to come on. Like, literally, he's going to tell us how to get venture capitalist dollars, how to do a um, business plan, how to sell the idea. Like, and a lot of times the startup, the whole goal is to get acquired or exit, i.e. if you're taking venture capitalist money, <laughs> they're investing it because they expect, they give you a million dollars. They're expecting, you know, $2 million back, right? That's the whole deal. So the goal is to exit at some point. He's going to tell us all of that. To me, it's, you know, it's, it's very comforting and it's like comfort food. It's very easy to take a corporate job and have the protections of, you know, nine to five benefits, all that crap. Um, although you take on the risk of being laid off un- unexpectedly, or you can launch your own company and take on a little bit more risk, but also, you know, it's risk and reward guys, right? The higher the risk, typically the higher the reward. And in this case, Great cash, homie. Be your own boss, straight cash, homie. So come join us. It'll be fun. If you are here for the news, I bid you a farewell. If you're here for some jaw jacking, let's boogie. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Sure. I'm the captain now. Jaw jacking's the captain now. All right. Let me talk to chat. Hope you guys are well. Good to see you, Kimberly. How was the half marathon? I've been thinking about doing 5Ks and a half marathon. Uh, BSEC, thanks so much. Yeah, I... um. This is the uh, race jersey for the Charleston Half Marathon. Kind of a simple jersey, which is nice, but I always, always appreciate it. Also, they the uh, the gift, the runner's gift, was actually like a really nice pint glass, um, kind of like the tall one that's almost like a Kolsch glass, but it bevels out. Um, that was the gift. I I ran it in one hour forty eight minutes. I came in three hundred fifty second place out of twenty six hundred. 
Um, if you Google, hold on, Charleston, South Carolina, half marathon race time, race results. Is this it? No, that's 2014. Jesus. Um, yeah. I, I got the receipts, everybody. I got the receipts. Let's do this. Welcome to the squad. Um, let's do this. I definitely... Oh, that's the 5K. Hold on one second. There we go. My cousin Brian flew into town. We ran it together. I came in 382nd place. I was slightly off. One hour, 48 minutes. Not bad. Not bad. Thanks for asking. If you get a friend to join you and keep you committed, Joel, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. You know what was terrible? Check this out. This is what was terrible. Um, <laughs> the weather. The weather was so bad. Uh, January f uh, 14th, 2023. I like, I like showing you guys the receipts instead of me just telling you because then you're like, you know, I'm not BSing you. Uh, let me see. I can't go backwards. Basically, it was 35 degrees and I was running into a headwind <laughs> for most of the race. It sucked. That part really was bad. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Adam Frank's right. I'm, I forgot. Sorry, guys. So it is Monday. Uh, it's Callan's Art of the Week. Callan did this. Uh, wants to sh uh, share love and um, prosperity with everybody. So please, thank you so much, Callan, for the Art of the Week. And this is a banana, I think, saying, oh, yeah. And this is also saying cool and I, I it's either a banana or it's a it's a bird i'm not really sure but genuinely appreciate callan and his support adam thank you so much for reminding me about the um that we are back with another thank you so much for reminding me about the art of the week i would have been bummed out to forget about that uh kool-aid man banana that's right trying to trying to work on getting uh some more raffle prizes guys we'll see how it goes Mm. Coffee, so good. Oh, thank you, Harish. Yeah, I'm just a, I'm a, I'm a leader who serves. Right, I'm a steward of, of information. Oh, that's a good point. MLK, MLK, civil liberties, equity. Uh, Callan did not draw it for that reason, but I do appreciate that the, the uh, tie in there. Nicely done. Oh, cool. Andrew Nakamura finished the recon NG course. Yeah, I, I completed it as well. Andrew, did you stand up a Raspberry Pi or anything like that and uh, actually do it? I'd be curious. I did it at Raspberry Pi. It was really, really great. Uh, this is the course that Andrew Nakamura is referring to. Uh, OSINT using recon NG. Great course. Um... You can see I've already completed it, but um, I gave it away as raffle prizes last week. Pretty good. Joe Gray, the guy who's the instructor, definitely knows what he's talking about. Did Cali on VirtualBox. That's a great option, too. Thank you so much, Kimberly, for the, um, for the uh, kind words. We need a raffle prize for IT Pro. That's a good. That's a good point. I could. I might be able to get um, like a free month or something and raffle those off. Let me. Let me talk to my. Let me talk to my people over there. This song's kind of like. I'm not. Yeah, I love it. Going. To, I'm given 90 minutes every morning before touching coffee, caffeine, because it's supposed to prevent crashes. All right, Steve G, you run with that. See how it goes. Report back. Put you guys up on chat again. I haven't messed with it yet. Jerry, I have Callie on VirtualBox. Yep. Randock. Guys, the Cyber 101 course is coming. Maybe I'll work on it today. I do have some time today. Since I, one of my jobs, I have PTO or uh, it's a holiday. All right. 
I am working on the Cyber 101 course. Uh, I wonder if I can show you this. If you, if you guys are interested, I might be able to show you a little bit about it. Let me see. Um, how can I do this? All right, you ready? Are you ready? Um, how do I link to this thing? Okay, check this out. For those who hung out and stayed late. Yeah, thanks, Dan Reardon. I actually have to do the newsletter. That's what I'm going to do as soon as I get off the phone or get off with you guys. Um, so this is the cyber course. If you can see it. You can see all my my internal. This is how I manage myself. Um, but this is the, um, the 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 this is the Cyber 101 course, guys. If you if you're interested, oops. This is the Cyber 101 course. Can I do dark mode or what are we doing here? Can't do dark mode. Anyways, module one, technology primers. Module two, people primers. Three, process of threat actors is four. How to weaponize the internet for fraud, including the scammer stuff I told you about, denial of service, different types of malware, info stealer, wipers, the history, Morris worms, tech and ops for enabling defenders. So, you know, MDR, MDM, EDR, firewalls, esp you know, cyber espionage. Obviously, got to throw some GRC love out there, right? I'll do a crypto thing, even though I hate crypto. Um, all about vulnerability management. Could probably break this into its own course. And then we'll wrap up on cyber warfare. The history, APT, Ukrainian IT Army to bring it into 2022. This is the course um, as it stands right now. Yeah, it is massive, Kimberly. It is massive. This is a full... This is a full college course like th this is like the grc analyst masterclass is wonderful but it's like eight hours this is like probably 30 hours of content i'm actually deciding I, I i'm deciding whether or not i make it two classes or just one class and then i also have to figure out like what the what i'm going to charge for it what the price is going to be um and and then all the other stuff like making the content is only like one part of building a course there's like other there's like other parts of it like i got to do all the transcription for the course i've got to make intros and outros i learned a lot from doing the grc analyst master class and i've taken like i'm taking it pro tv classes right now and like there's a lot of interesting lessons learned on how i can make my second course the cyber 101 course like super awesome thank you randock did we just become best friends? Yep. I love it. Thank you so much. Uh, I've had a couple people reach out um, and tell me that they'd love to be beta testers. I appreciate that. Uh, I use Notion, Kimberly, to organize my life. Notion. Not only IT, so it will be part of my teachable, Simply Cyber Teachable. And then... Because the thing is, TCM is $29.99 for all their courses, which is really cool. Um, for the amount of work that this course is going to take, I, I think I might charge a little bit more than $29.99. Or break it into two courses. The, the, like, those are the options. Um, I don't know, guys. I'm like, I, I appreciate you guys holding me accountable, though. Nice, Citadel. Yeah. Yeah. It really is a lot of work. Like it, if it was just turning on the camera and talking at it, that'd be fine. I even, guys, I can even tell you, like, I actually recorded the first like five videos and like a jackass. I didn't review them after each one. So I did five, spent like two, three hours on it. And then I went back and my microphone wasn't turned on. So it's just five hours of content of me going. So have to reshoot all of that. 
Uh, thank you, BSEC. I'll, I'll take that under advisement. Thank you. So, anyways, yeah, it's all good. It's all good, guys. All right, we're at nine o'clock. I'll, I'll, uh, I'm gonna do the newsletter. I might, guys, I might, um, I gotta tell you, I might stop doing, I don't know if you guys have been following, but I've been putting out like 60 second cyber news shorts, right? So it's like a quick little story. It's done in like the vertical format. It's supposed to be consumable for like, it's like a Instagram reel or TikTok type thing. Um, it's a lot of work and I don't think I'm really getting a lot of return on it. Like like people don't say anything. It doesn't get a lot of like traction. Um, so the amount of effort I, I've been doing it for probably like 45 days, the amount of effort I put into it versus what, how the community is receiving it. Um, so I, I, I might stop doing that so I can like, instead of spending two hours building TikTok reels on 60 second cyber news, I could spend two hours working on the cyber 101 course. You see what I mean? Like I only have so much time, so I have to be deliberate about how I spend it. And these, these news things, I thought they were really cool, but I thought it was cool. But, um, you know, the proof is in the proof is in the metrics and the metrics are indicating that people, people will say they like it. And I'm sure they mean it when they say it, but it's not, it's not the simply cyber daily cyber threat briefing. You know what I mean? Yeah, Kimberly, that's possible. I do it on LinkedIn and YouTube Shorts. So I, I suck at Instagram. So it's like, I don't know. Thank you, Carrie. <sighs> Joel Belton. I haven't seen them populate my feed. Yeah. All right, guys. Um, I don't, I'm not sure what you mean. One-on-one -on -one, Suleiman. I'm not sure what you mean. Yeah. Kimberly, I could take a clip from the morning briefing. The, the problem is I, I don't have time. Like Aaron Katz, uh, mentioned that to me. We tried it a little bit. I just don't have the time. I, I need like, I need, <laughs> I need systems and processes and it's just hard to, if, if it's, if it's, if it's, if it's not streamlined and very easy for me to do, um, it, I, I can't, I can't take it on. It's just, it's too much. All right. Looking at chat here. Thank you, everybody. If you were here for the news, like you're, you're all up in the jaw jacking space right now. Oh, you're referring to the course. Oh, oh, the 101. I see what you mean. Yeah. Thanks, Suleiman. Oh no, Dan, if I was gonna get burned out, it would have happened a while ago. I basically have two and a half full-time jobs. I don't know if you guys know that. <laughs> I have two and a half full-time jobs. And, and you know, a, a wife and family. All right, guys. Much love, respect. We do have some emote slices when I get time. Uh, I think I mean, might, might do Antoine Dodson. Um, emotes all right guys be good appreciate you so much this is the simply cyber daily cyber threat briefing we'll be back tomorrow at 10 a.m eastern time remember tuesdays and thursdays are 10 a.m for the until the summer because i teach at the citadel on tuesdays and thursdays at 8 a.m so i cannot also be doing the simply cyber daily cyber threat briefing at 8 a.m Oh, haircut fish. Don't forget how to crush your first 90 days video on the Simply Cyber YouTube channel. Take, a, take advantage of that. Have a good one, Jonathan. Have a good one, Harish. Take it easy, Akil. Take it easy, Edward. Be good, everybody. I'll see you tomorrow at 10 a.m. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We'll see you in the next one. Bye, everybody. Wait, wait, wait.
Thanks so much. And until the next time, stay secure.